so excited to be with you here this morning. Go ahead and take your seats. Pastor Vance, he was telling us to sell some shoes. We might just sell the men's shoes, I think. <laughs> um, such an exciting day it's going to be today. It already has been. Thank you, wonderful worship team. Didn't they do such a good job today? Can we give them a big round of applause? So wonderful. Electric violin. Every time I come here, I'm just jealous of the electric violin that you guys have here. Um, and the rest of the team, so wonderful. And um, I'm just so excited, I'm so honored to be able to speak with you this morning and to share with you um, around the topic of, of freedom. Um, I just wanna just honor our senior pastors, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, who started uh, C3 Movement, and we get to be a part of this beautiful, wonderful vision. They send their love to all of you. We have a special place in our hearts for Salt Lake City. And we just love it here. I like try to come here like all the time. I'm like, I love it there. It was yesterday in Park City because I needed to be in a winter wonderland uh, from San Diego and I uh, just had the most um, awesome time. And I'm just so excited to be able to speak this morning. Also want to say thanks to the wonderful campus pastors, Pastors Vince and Becca. You guys have treasure in your midst. They are a wealth of wisdom and they love you so much. They gush about you every second that they can. So we get to hear all the wonderful stories and testimonies um, because they're just um, so uh, proud of you and so love all of you. So it's such a pleasure to be able to speak this morning. I'm going to pray and then we're going to get right into the message this morning. God, oh God, Lord, we just praise you already, Father. Lord, we thank you that you are already here. Lord, that your power is at work, oh God, to save, to heal, to minister, to bring us freedom, oh God. Lord, we just we release any preconceived ideas about you, Father. And Lord, we look to you afresh and anew this morning. We thank you that you will do a new thing on the inside of us today. Lord, we thank you that you died, not that we just would be saved, but we would be free in every way, oh God. So Lord, we thank you ahead of time for the miracles. We thank you ahead of time for the freedom. We thank you ahead of time for the testimonies that will come from this place. Lord, I thank you for favor and blessing over every person that is here this morning. And I pray, oh God, that you would speak through me this morning, that it would not be my words, but it would be yours spoken through me and it would accomplish everything that you set it out to do, Father. So we release this time over to you. We thank you for it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And I don't know if this is possible at all, but if we could get that light just to go down just a little bit so I can see everybody's beautiful faces, if that's possible, let's give a round of applause to our production team. Come on. I'm telling you, they are incredible. They make church happen. So we appreciate them so, so very much. But I'd love to see your, your beautiful faces. Well, the title of my message this morning is called The Anointing. It's called The Anointing. There is a power in God um, that we are going to experience this morning. And um, I was just reminded, actually, I was chatting with a couple people from here uh, yesterday, and the very first day of the year, January 1, I was praying and just enjoying time with God, and I felt God give me a word in my spirit, and it's actually this word that I'm going to speak to you today. And so I think God does something new in a new year, and he gives us fresh vision, and he placed a word in my heart that I just couldn't wait to be able to uh, speak about. So the title of the message is called The Anointing. And um, I'm going to read a couple verses. I'm going to share some stories. We're going to have some fun. Are you guys okay with being interactive? We're going to have a great time this morning, and then, um, and then we're going to just see what God does in this place. It's going to be amazing. 
So the Bible says in James 5, 14 through 16, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, everybody say prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then in Mark 16, 12 through 13, it says this. So they went out, and these were the disciples. These were people that were following Jesus. These are Christians. This is you and I today. It says, they went out, and they preached that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed them with oil, many who were sick, and healed them. This morning, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the supernatural. We're going to talk a little bit about um, the healings, the miracles, the deliverances um, that God... Um, Jesus on earth uh, performed and how many people know like the Bible is for today the Bible is not just for back then but God said that we will do even more than what he did on earth that's pretty amazing and it talks about how they went out they went out casting out devils they went out healing the sick so that means that those things are for us here today to do as well and um, so I'm going to share just a few stories of my own when it comes to the miraculous and then I'm going to um, do a little bit of teaching around the miraculous is that okay all right. So for me in my own life, you know, um, some of you know a little bit of my story, but I grew up a uh, Christian. I was so blessed to be born into a Christian family and um, really accepted Jesus into my heart at a young age. And immediately when I accepted Jesus, I received, you know, the, uh, the Father God who sent his son Jesus to die on the cross and then who sent the Holy Spirit to be with us always. And I felt the Holy Spirit immediately when I was saved. It's all of a sudden I have like this extra conscious. It's not an extra conscious. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And so I felt that from an early age. And um, I've had the opportunity through the years. I've been um, a pastor for over 10 years now. And just through my life, been able to pray with people and see the miracle working power of God. So when people talk to me and, you know, want to get into a debate about if healing works today, I don't need to debate because I've experienced healing myself. And I've prayed for people that have experienced healing. And so I've seen it. I remember praying for um, someone in our church. She came forward. And the honest truth is, in this particular time, the, the woman that came in and asked me to pray, she actually wasn't in a really great situation. She actually was in a, a wrong relationship. There was a lot of things that were messy. But she came to the house of God. She believed in her heart that healing could happen. When I prayed for her, she had stage four, I believe, cancer. And we, I stood with her, and I believed for a miracle that day. I'm telling you, miracles work. No, but a few weeks later, she went back to the doctor. They ran new scans on her, and they could find no cancer in her body. So sometimes we think, oh my gosh, I have to be perfect to get a miracle. Oh, there's sin in my life. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Miracles aren't dependent upon our sin life, and that doesn't give us reason to sin, but it also doesn't exclude us from receiving the miracles that we can have today. I prayed over another woman who came forward um, one day in church, and um, her friend um, brought her to the church. She was actually from Mexico. And she came to the church, and it was her first time in our church. Um, she believed in God. Um, and I was speaking a message, again, about the miraculous. And afterwards, I had the opportunity to pray for her. And she asked me a question. She said, Stacy, do you really believe that miracles can happen? 
And I said, yes, I have faith. I believe that miracles can happen. She said, I asked because my husband and I have been trying for years to have a baby. And the doctors can't even figure out what's wrong and we haven't been able to conceive. And she just looked at me with desperation in her eyes. And so I stood with her and I said, you know what? Right now, let's stand together. Let's believe together that a miracle could happen. And she looked at me and I said, well, are you willing to do that? Will you step out in faith? And she said, yes, let's do it. And so we stood there and we began to pray. And I felt, and you don't always feel, but in that, that moment I felt the tangible presence of God so strongly, actually, that I was praying for her and she fell to the ground. Some people are like, oh, I've seen people falling on the ground. Like, what is that? I had one person ask me if everybody just faints when they come to church. Um, no, they're not fainting. Um, they fell under the power of God. And falling under the power of God, um, you know, I was told one time, and it kind of makes sense to me, that sometimes, you know, it's like when you're going to go in for a big surgery. Surgeons don't do their surgery with you standing up. They actually lie you down on a table to do that intricate work. And I feel like when we look at that with the presence of God, sometimes he wants us to just surrender to him. Let him do the delicate work of ministering deep inside of our hearts and doing what only he can do, the miraculous. And it's not about falling down and it's not about a manifestation. That's not what matters. What matters is looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And so we prayed together in our little, you know, room uh, there in the church. And we began to pray. And she fell over the power of God. She got back up. We just chatted for a little bit. And we really believed on that day that a miracle had happened. Well, a few months later, her friend um, came up to me. And she's like, Pastor Stacy, oh, my gosh, I've been meaning to tell you that girl that you prayed for to have a baby. She's a couple months pregnant. They're going to have a child. And um, she knows that it was the affection, the, the, the fervent prayer that we pray together, that the miraculous happened in a moment. So we have miracles, there's healings there's in, in, in God. So there's a, the, the spirit of God, light of God, and then there's a dark side, right? Um, so there's the light and the life of God, and then there's darkness that comes, because there is a very real devil, a Satan that's come to kill, steal, and destroy, the Bible says. Um, so what does he come to kill, steal, and destroy? Everything that's rightfully ours. Um, as someone who receives Jesus, we have authority in God and we receive of God. And so um, on the other side of things, this whole power of darkness, there's all kinds of, you know, um, things that work in our life. If, if you think to your own life and think, you know, have there been times where you wake up in like a night terror, nightmares, or weird things happening in the house, or, you know, cyclical things like there's just these patterns that you can't seem to break through and it's just you feel like this overwhelming weight on you and you want to be happy and you want to be joyful but you hear these ill words coming to you and so depression and suicide all these things can happen right but we we don't have to live that way there is a power there is an anointing that breaks all of those types of bondages when I first started coming to C3 church um, I remember I um, one night I just went to sleep and um, I remember just going to sleep, it was a normal night, nothing weird, and then all of a sudden I, I fall asleep, and in the middle of the night, I wake up, and I, and do you ever have those moments you just wake up, and it's like cold and eerie, and I just woke up to this eerie, evil presence, and I saw something in my room, and it was just like this black, to me it looked like a black panther, and I saw this panther just leap once, twice, and the third time just leaped on me. And it, and, and, and it was trying to shut my mouth. And I remember I was so terrified and I couldn't speak and I couldn't talk. And I was trying to get out a word, but I just couldn't. And then with its beady little eyes, it looked at me and it said, you will not prophesy. 
And I remember it took everything within me, and I went, yes, I will in the name of Jesus. I will prophesy. I will speak out the words of God. And immediately when I claimed the name of Jesus, that thing left instantaneously, never to return again. We have authority in Jesus. There's a lot of times in our life where demonic or these evil things can come into our life. Sometimes it's through consciously sinning, and so we open ourselves up to all kinds of um, uh, evil that can come to us. Sometimes it's unconscious through trauma or pain. Um, sometimes uh, those different areas of our life. We talked about thought life. I remember when I was younger, I um, uh, years ago, I remember just every time somebody would say to me, oh, Stacy, you're so beautiful, you look so pretty. Every time somebody said that, I would hear this voice in my head that would say, no, you're not. They're just saying that. And I believed for a number of years that I was ugly. I believed that I wasn't pretty. And, um, and I'm not saying those things so you feel sympathy. It's okay, I got victory over that. I know that I'm beautiful now. But um, I say that because I remember one day going, this isn't right. God does not think that about me. And why would I tell myself that? And I started to realize that's another voice. And it's the voice that's trying to steal from me. And I remember I had people pray for me and we just broke off all of those voices um, off of me. And then I remember from that point forward, anytime somebody would say to me, Stacey, you're so beautiful, I would have to stop and say, thank you, I received that. I had to retrain my brain to receive the loving, good words of God and make sure that evil would flee. Everybody still with me? Okay, I share a lot of stories about myself so you don't have to feel uncomfortable. I throw myself under the bus first. So how many people here would agree that there is a struggle sometimes? We, we, we do, right? We, we struggle sometimes. We're, we're real. We're honest in this place. Um, the Bible sometimes calls that a stronghold, a hold on us that is really strong. And it's weird because even logically we think, we may know about it. Uh, there may be people here with an addiction or just this cycle of abuse or things that are happening or these voices. And logically, we'd be like, I don't want to I don't need to live like that. I don't need to. But it keeps happening over and over again. Um, even the Apostle Paul said in Romans 6.15, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. So, so we can relate with that, right? Even these things that I hate, that shouldn't be a part of me, those are sometimes things that, that will happen to us. But how many people know that through Jesus, we can break every cycle of oppression? Yeah. We can break every cycle of depression. We can break these strongholds that are on our life. And the reason why they're a stronghold is because we are body, soul, and spirit. So there's a very real spirit trying to keep us down and press us down. Um, but we don't have to live that way. So I'm going to walk us through some areas and some ways that we can get completely set free from all of these types of things. Is that good? Yeah. You all are with me? Yeah. All right, here we go. Deuteronomy 7, 13 through 15 says this. It says, he will love you. This is Jesus. He will love you, bless you, and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, your grain and your wine and your oil, the increase of your herds and the younger and your flock in the land that he swore to your fathers to give you. You shall be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you. Just like that woman that I prayed for. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your livestock. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness 
None of these evil diseases of Egypt, which you knew of, he will inflict on you, but he will lay them on all who hate you. How good is our God? You know that God doesn't give us sickness and disease? It's not in him to give. The Bible says he is good. His character is flawless. So if we're struggling with why am I sick, why are these things, it's just because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where the demonic is present. But God gave us a way out through Jesus. He doesn't want us to live that way. And if you noticed in that verse, it talked about three elements. It talked about communion, the, the bread and the wine. And then it also talked about oil, the anointing oil. And I'm going to just do a little teaching on that, if that's okay. Are we good? So the thing about those elements is that just as bread and wine... Uh, are crushed in order to produce bread and to produce wine. It's the same thing for extracting oil, for anointing oil. So both the, the oil, uh, both the olive fruit and the seed, I don't know if you know this, the olive fruit and the, and the seed are both crushed to produce for us anointing oil. Olive oil, that's what was used in Bible times. There's some, uh, I received some revelation about this, and I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the crushings and the pressings of how we get that oil and the purposes of that oil. And it's interesting the correlation between the pressings and the crushings that Jesus received so that we also, he could be the oil for us, the healing, the freedom that he gave us. And it's really interesting because um, if you go to Israel, they share with you about um, how they make olive oil. And they talk about how they crush the olive and its seed three times. And it gives us actually three different products. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, Joseph Prince, if any of you have heard of him before. Oh, switch me out. Hello, hello. Can you guys hear me? Awesome. Okay, Joseph Prince, I read a book by him. He's a really great author, um, pastor out of, of Singapore. Had some wonderful revelation around uh, the anointing oil. And some of the truths that I'm about to speak right now I received from that book and from his revelation and then the word of God. And it was so awesome because um, he began to speak about those three crushings. And I actually looked up just the number three biblically. What does it mean? Because I was like, three times the oil is, is crushed. Three times Jesus was pressed as he went to the cross. And so I just looked up the meaning of the number three biblically. And do you know what it means? It means wholeness, perfection. This is what it says, divine stamp of completion. So you think even of the Trinity, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, it's the perfect three. So my point number one is this, delivered from darkness. Point number one, delivered from darkness. The olive fruit produces extra virgin olive oil the first time that it is crushed. That's where we get anointing oil from. And in Bible times, to light the temple. It was to bring light to the house of God. And in Gethsemane, do you know what the word Gethsemane means? The Garden of Gethsemane? It's a good thing I can talk really loud. I'm Jewish and Italian, so bear with me. <laughs> in the Garden of Gethsemane, the word Gethsemane means oil press. You guys are doing great. Thank you. Find that devil in the name of Jesus. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, in Gethsemane, the word Gethsemane also means oil press. So when Jesus prayed for us before going to the cross, the Bible says he prayed for us three times. 
And when he prayed for us three times, the Bible says that he was praying with such fervency that he was literally sweating drops of blood to separate light from darkness, to eradicate darkness from our life. Jesus dealt with the power of darkness so that the Bible says we could be called out of darkness into his marvelous light. It says that in Luke 22, 53. So now today, what that means for today is that we can have spiritual wisdom and discernment. It means that we don't have to go about our lives in darkness. It means that we could be delivered from darkness. Things like mental uh, oppression, things like addictions. We can have bondages and chains and those things be broken off of our life. It's what Jesus died for. God is so good. He, he wants us to live completely and totally so the very first time that that olive was crushed and was pressed, it produced for us oil. Oil that separates light from darkness. Number two, healed. Healing in the name of Jesus. The second pressing, that when you crush the, the olive, the fruit of the olive, you know what it was used for in Bible times, the second crushing? It was used for medicine. After Jesus went to Gethsemane, his body was so violently stricken, so violently lashed. It says the Bible says even his bones were exposed. All of this to purchase, to buy our healing. So interesting, true for the natural, true for the supernatural. That in the natural, the fruit of the olive was crushed to bring medicine. But in Jesus, he was crushed that we would have healing in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, by his stripes, we are healed in Isaiah 53, 5. The anointing breaks and releases sickness from our bodies. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, I don't know if you're like me, but in the morning, I'll wake up and I'll, you know, take my vitamins or some of us take supplements, you know, for the things that, you know, we're facing. Some of us take medicine for certain natural, you know, diseases that are, are happening, but as I began to get revelation about communion and about anointing oil and having faith in Jesus, I began to think, do I go to the healer himself? Do I go to the medicine maker first? And it's not that I don't take vitamins or I don't take supplements or I don't sometimes take medicine. Uh, God created um, us with wonderful minds and he left um, wealth and value in this earth that we would find and that we could use. So I'm not against natural medicine, just in case, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, she told us to never use medicine again. Not saying that. Not saying that at all. But what I am saying is I made a decision after I got some revelation around this that each morning I would wake up and I would actually go to the medicine maker. Before I take my vitamins, before I take my supplements, I just stand before God. I anoint myself with oil. I take communion. I go, thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes I am completely healed and made whole. We can apply in faith what he died for to set us totally and completely free. How, how long do we pray? How many times do we anoint ourselves with oil? Until we have freedom, until we are healed, until we see the miracles in our life. And I would rather pray and keep believing until I see that miracle than to not pray at all. And the reason I say that is because I prayed with so many people that have gotten healed. Can I say that every single person that I pray for has gotten healed? No, but many have. So I wanna step out. And, you know, we don't understand fully, totally the miraculous and the supernatural, but that gives us no reason to step back. In fact, we should step forward in the name of Jesus and believe and stand with people in faith to be completely and totally 
made whole. Okay, then the third reason that the olive fruit was crushed. In Bible times, it was actually to make soap. So, all, so the fruit of the olive gave oil. That's where extra virgin olive oil comes from. Then it was crushed again for medicine. And then the third one was for soap. I find that very interesting because the very thing that Jesus went to the cross for was to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Jesus was pressed. He carried our sickness. He carried our disease. He carried our pain. But, uh, but he fully carried all of our sin, past, present, and future, that we wouldn't have to live that way. So that when we go in faith and we stand in faith and authority for the things that God um, has died to set us free in, we can go there fully receiving, not because we're perfect, but because he made us perfect. He died that we could be totally and completely set free. I just told the worship team to come on point three, so that's why they're all here if you're, you guys are looking. Um, they're going to help me preach these points. So the anointing oil, when I talk about anointing oil, it's not a magic potion. It's not like we get a little bottle of olive oil and that's the thing. No, it's when we pray, pray a prayer of faith, thanking Jesus for the finished work of the cross. Bible says when he hung on a cross, he said, it is finished. What was finished? Our sin was completely reconciled so that we could be made whole, that we could receive and be and have eternity with Jesus, that we could go to heaven, but not just so that we could go to heaven, but we could bring heaven to earth. So many people are just, I'm so happy I'm saved, and so am I. But that's just the beginning. Once saved, we get to live in wholeness and healing. We get to pray to God to bring heaven to earth, to bring the miraculous. You know, the Bible says that in heaven all things are perfect, so we get to reach down from heaven and take perfection. So where I am not, where I feel sick, where things are going on in my life, I just stretch to heaven. I receive his anointing, and I am set free. The anointing of God brings us light, brings us healing, and cleanses us from all evil, from all sin. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it to the fullest. I don't know about you today, but I want to live my life fully and completely. If there is any of area of our life of brokenness, any area of pain, any area of trauma, any area of addiction or depression, any area of things that we've spoken over ourselves, things that are not of God, we don't have to live that way anymore. We don't have to let the devil steal what is rightfully ours, life, and life in abundance. Now, in order to, to have full life, there's a couple of things that, that we can do. So I want to just go over those things and then we're going to be praying for people today. We're going to be praying that people would be totally and completely set free. That any darkness, that anything that has been afflicting you, anything that has come against us that is not of God would leave in the name of Jesus. And then the presence of God, we will pray that we would be so overwhelmed by his goodness, by his love. And we can walk out our lives. The Bible says peace, 
that surpasses understanding. Doesn't mean that things won't happen, that things don't just happen to us, they do, but we have God on our side. And we know how to push back darkness and bring in the light of heaven in our life. So the first thing to do is that we reconcile our lives to Jesus. We understand that he has ultimate authority and ultimate power. And um, as I end the service today, I will ask for anyone that hasn't made Jesus Lord of their life. And maybe there's some people here that you did that a long time ago, but if you stand here this morning, you would say, you know what? I haven't felt his presence recently. I haven't really um, been walking with, with Jesus. I kind of took my life back in some areas, and I feel afflicted or I feel darkness coming. But today, in the name of Jesus, we will reconcile eternity in this place. So I'll in just a little bit. I'll ask you just to raise your hand. I'm going to pray a prayer with you. I'm not going to pull you forward onto the altar because we're going to do a big altar call at the end where anybody can come forward for healing, for breakthrough, for deliverance, and for freedom. But we have to make sure that we've made Jesus the Lord of our life. That's where it all begins. The second thing is for any of us, any of us like we talked about, that need healing in our bodies, we can come the altar like the Bible says we can let leaders pray over us and anoint us with oil and pray a prayer of faith to believe for the miraculous healing and I'm believing today that there will be miracles of healing and I believe that there will be reports brought back to Pastor Vince to Pastor Becca going oh my goodness this is what the doctor said but now this is what God has said I'm believing that we will have new reports and you might say, you know what? Those are facts. They, I have scans that show cancer in my body. Do you know what's the beautiful thing about facts? Is they can submit themselves to the word of God. Because truth trumps facts. The fact is you may be sick, but the truth is you don't have to be anymore. The fact is that darkness has come into my life, but the truth is I can be free, and those that are free are free indeed in the name of Jesus can submit themselves to the word of God and we can see the miraculous happen in our life. Sometimes when we receive freedom and sometimes you hear that word like deliverance it's kind of like scary like oh, what is that? Don't want to possess it and you know everybody starts freaking out. Let me explain it real simply. Getting deliverance or getting freedom is simply exchanging one spirit for another spirit. It's simply saying spirit of darkness anything that has afflicted me that is not of God, I command in the name of Jesus to leave me, to leave my body, my soul, my spirit, and then to receive the spirit of the living God on the inside of us. Because how many people know Jesus never leaves us empty? He fills us up. So very simply, that's all that means. And sometimes people look and they go, oh my gosh, I'm scared to come to the altar because I don't know what that's going to look like, or what if, I, what if I shake, what if I fall over? Let me tell you this. I care a whole lot less about the way that I look and I care a whole lot more about my own freedom. It's not about the outward, it's about the inward. And all that you have to do when you come forward to be prayed for is to look to Jesus, who is your healer, who is the miracle maker, and not to anything else. And we stand together in faith and we believe that he will do a work in our life. And then after we receive that freedom and that spirit that has been messing with us is broken and has left our life. A lot of times, it's not always, but a lot of times we'll even feel a lightness all of a sudden come to our body because we don't even realize the things that we've been carrying because we think they're normal. I'm just this way.
way. I was just born this way. I just, this is, but actually not. When you get free, you're like, oh my goodness. I feel completely different. I feel liberated. I feel set free. Uh, this burden, these hardships, these things that I felt were upon me are gone. And I feel totally and completely free. And when that happens, I believe that's when the grace of God empowers us to then make good choices. So where we felt that stronghold before, it's broken. And so now we have the ability to make good choices. I know a guy that was um, lived an entire life since he was, I believe, 11 years old. He was doing drugs. Um, extreme, extreme um, drug use to the point where he was completely, the, the doctors would say he was um, medically diagnosed as psychosis, where he even thought that the television or the radio was speaking to him. And, you know, many people would just write that away and go, well, too, too, that's, that's too much. You know, he's been diagnosed this. How many people know this? He had a little grandma that was praying for him. A Christian grandma who didn't give up on him and prayed and prayed and prayed. And one day, he was actually um, uh, had uh, taken drugs and hallucinated and fell to the ground. And he literally felt Satan himself come to him. And he thought, this is game over. The demonic was so present. But in that moment, all he could do is he remembered that he had gone to Sunday school when he was really little. And he said, Jesus, if you're real, real set me free. And in that moment, all of the darkness left in the name of Jesus. And the light of God came to him. He called his grandma. He got saved over the phone and instantaneously was delivered from drugs, alcohol. He never, ever did drugs again. And that was over, we, I brought my beautiful friend Gladys, we know him, over 20 years ago. He can get set free in a moment. Now to maintain that type of healing, he did have to do some work. But instantaneously, that spirit was broken off of his life and he was set free. So sometimes after we receive freedom, we renew our minds, the Bible says. How does our mind get renewed? I kind of think about this. Have you ever just like gotten in a car and you drive like the same route to work like every day? And so sometimes you get in the car and you all of a sudden don't even remember like, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm like closing my eyes and thinking like, how am I already here? It's like autopilot kicks in because you've gone on that route so many times. Well, think about the things that have oppressed us or the things that we have been addicted to or the things that have messed with us. We kind of, it's like driving our car down a road and we keep going down the same road over and over and over again. So it's, it's, it's strong in our life, and sometimes it's even autopilot. But once that thing is broken off of our life, then all of a sudden, we don't have to go the same route anymore. We don't have to go the same route that has led us to the same destination. We can change those things in our life. So sometimes, in order to retrain our brain, we have to make a conscious choice. I'm not going to do those things that I used to do anymore. Sometimes we need to go to Christian counseling to help us walk through how do I now change some of the behaviors that I have been used to. Sometimes we read books, um, a couple of them that I love. One is by Joyce Meyer, um, which is um, Battlefield of the Mind. You guys are good. Battlefield of the Mind, phenomenal one for retraining our brain. Another one I like is by Neil T. Anderson. It's called The Bondage Breaker. and walks us through scripture on, on how to be completely and totally set free and keep that freedom. So there's multiple things that we can do. Just like we read in the Bible, it also says confess our 
sins one to another. You know that's what happens when you come to the altar? There's nothing special about this theater floor, but there is when we decide this is the house of God. And an altar literally does that. It alters our life if we let it. Because when we walk out here, we're making a decision to walk out of our chairs and to leave yesterday behind, to leave the old behind, to step into the new that God has for us. And when we take that physical action, symbolizing, we're gonna let go of our history, let go of our past, let go of the things that have made us bound to things that we don't wanna be bound to. And we walk forward on this altar. We're going, God, we give you our lives. Do what only you can do, the miraculous in me. And you have leaders that will pray over you and stand in faith with you, believing that all of that stuff is going to leave so that you can live the best life that God has called each and every one of us to live. Just in a couple moments that I have left, I'll share one more story about myself. I remember, um, this is quite a few years ago now, that um, I was in the church. I... Um, uh, I was I was a pastor at that time. I've been a pastor for over 10 years, so I was right at kind of towards the beginning. And we had a Sunday much like this, and we actually had a freedom conference. It was one of the first freedom conferences that we had. So it was a couple days of this kind of teaching. And um, I can remember I was running around doing just, you know, everything because I was on team, I was on staff, and I was just helping make the conference happen. And by the end of the conference, I realized, oh my goodness, I haven't gone forward myself. And we as leaders know this, like, we are the first ones out on the altar. We know the power of the cross. We know the power of confessing our sins to one another and getting freedom. And so we always make sure to assess ourselves, even before we pray for other people, and make sure we get the healing that we need. Because how many people know, it doesn't matter your title. The office of a pastor doesn't make me all of a sudden, oh, I don't even dabble in sin. Oh gosh, I don't even think of it. I am human, we are human just like anyone else. We have to exercise the word of God in our life. And then when we speak and preach, we're just simply telling you the things that we've experienced ourselves. And so I remember, I'm like, oh my goodness, okay, I, I, I gotta go forward. And um, this will help you just come to the altar, just listen to this, this part, it's real good. So the pastor that was speaking, his name is Pastor Mike Connell operates very heavily in um, deliverance. He's a pastor out of New Zealand, just phenomenal. He's like a grandpa, he's like in his 70s, so really not intimidating, you know? Um, it's like your grandpa's telling you something, you're like, oh, all right, Gramps. And so um, that's kind of how I felt. And so he was, you know, just really just sharing so much and doing so much teaching. And I was on the front row with him and he was actually sitting next to me. And I said, Pastor McConnell, I said, um, uh, at the end of this session, because it was the last session, I was like, I don't even care what you talk about. I just want you to know I'm going forward and I want you to pray for me. So he got kind of this little smile on his face. He goes, Stacy, do you know what altar call that is? I'm like, no. He's like, sexual healing. <laughs> I was a single woman pastor. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, I struggle in a lot of areas, but that's probably not one that I was thinking of. And um, I said, I said, but you know what? I don't even care. I don't care what people think. I want freedom. And I'm telling you this, I didn't care what people thought. I didn't care if people looked at me and thought, oh man, that single girl, she's up there on an altar. And I, I made a decision. I want my freedom more than I care about what peers, what people say about me. So if I could go to the altar on a sexual healing altar call, 
we can all come to the altar today for whatever it is that God wants to minister to us today. And I'll never forget the moment that I was on that altar. Because Pastor Mike Connell came and prayed for me. And he had a word of knowledge. And he said, Stacy, I break the lie that you will never need anyone. And I kind of thought to myself like, um, excuse me? I'm like, what is he talking about? Of course I need people. I'm a people's person. I'm with people all the time. And I was like, and, and so I wasn't initially like, oh yeah, that's, that's the word. But then later on he began to explain it to me and he said, Stacy, something happened to you. A trauma happened to you when you were about 15, 16 years old. And you, you out loud, you said those words. And I'm like thinking back and I'm tracking back and I'm like, what's he talking about? And sometimes we don't even remember because we're so closed up. Because we so have the walls in our heart because we needed to survive. And it's awesome that we made it and that we survived, but Jesus isn't into just letting us survive. He wants us to thrive in the name of Jesus. I was saved and I was living a good life, but God wanted me to live a great life. And I hadn't even realized the walls that were there. And then I began to remember back. And I remember when I was about 15, 16 years old, my sister, um, we're only 11 months apart, so we're very close in age. And I remember that she had had a baby out of wedlock. And we were a missionary family. It was a very hard time, hard season in our family's life. And I remember um, she had, you know, she had the baby, she brought the baby home, and the baby lived in, in our house, and um, really when the baby was born, honestly, it brought so much healing into our family. You looked into the eyes of a child, and it's like all the pain, all the stuff goes away. And um, there was so much healing in our family. But about two months um, in, I woke up one night to screams that I will never forget. And I woke up to these screams, and the baby had passed away from sudden infant death syndrome. It was, we don't know why. My dad was doing CPR and my sister was crying. And all I remember that night was thinking, I never want to feel this pain again. I never want to need somebody like that again. And so I remember that night I was the kind of a even back then, I was just the take charge kind of person and I was the one to ring the doctor and to get 911, the whole thing happening and kind of just went into making things happen mode and I, I never went to the funeral. I don't think I properly grieved, that's not no fault of my family at all. It's just an adolescent going through a trauma. And I don't know what your traumas have been. They're probably completely different to mine. But that night on my bed when I said those words out loud, it gave an opening for the demonic to amen the pain and the hurt. And say, that's right, Stacy. Don't ever trust anyone like that again. Don't ever need anyone like that again. How many of us have these stories rehearsing in our head? I'll never trust a man. I'll never trust a woman. I'll never do this. I'll never, if we listen to our own language, it actually shows us where we actually are at. And if we realize we've said those things, then we have actually begun to word curse ourselves. And then the devil just jumps on the back of that. Now I got really mad, because I'm like, I was a kid. What? And that happened to me. It's not like I asked for it. And the devil is cunning. And we live in a fallen world. But how many people know God was there? He wanted to set me free from the moment that it happened. But on that altar,
altar that day, it was my day of reckoning. It was my day where at that point in my life, I was ready to go through a healing and a breakthrough. And I'll never forget what I got prayed for. I felt completely released. I felt walls that would in my heart go come completely down. They were gone once and for all. And I can tell you this, that I have never felt the same since that day. I have felt so liberated, so set free. So I know for my own life, the kind of freedom that God has given. And I know the kind of freedom that God wants to give you. So right now, can we just all close our eyes and bow our heads? Right now, if you're sitting here, I just want, just want to let you just begin to ask God to reveal to you, are there any blockages? Are there pains? Are there traumas that maybe things that you haven't thought about for years? And it seems like it's created a normal in your life, but God wants to give you a new normal. If that's you in this way, just begin to let those things flood your memory. And here's the thing. When those things flood your memory, it's not because Jesus wants to talk to you with pain. He wants to set you free once and for all. The only place to start to receive freedom, like I said before, is receiving Jesus into our hearts and making him Lord of our life. So if you are in this place, and you're like, Stacey, I want to make sure that I do that first thing, is make sure that Jesus is Lord of my life. Or I made that decision a long time ago, but really I've taken parts of my life back, and I want to today, newly, freshly, give my life over to the Lord. Would you just raise your hand up real nice and high? I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. Hands up everywhere. Just come, keep raising your hand up high. Just raise your hand up high. This is a sign of surrender to Jesus. And I'm just looking at your hands knowing that today everything changes in the name of Jesus. Come on, look at that. So many people with their hands raised. Just keep raising your hand. If you know that's you in this place this morning, it's time to be free and free indeed. Probably like 50, 20 hands raised right now. We're going to do this right now together. Now that I've seen your hand, you can go ahead and put your hand down. We're going to together, just keep your eyes closed, we're going to pray a prayer of faith and we're going to receive make him Lord over our life. And when you come to the altar, would you let the person that is praying for you, would you let them know that you got saved today? Because we want to give you a Bible and we want to give you a book called Following Jesus, a manual for how to walk out this Christian life so that once we are free, like we talked about, we can stay free. And also if you need to get into a connect group and talk to someone so you can begin to work these things out, that's one of the best places so you can either talk to one of the leaders that are on the altar. You can let one of the people in the high shirts um, know that you got saved today and we'll give you those, those resources. So we're going to all pray a prayer together. And church family, we're all going to pray this prayer with them because we stand as one. We have unity in God. We stand as a family of faith. So we're going to pray this prayer with you. We've all prayed this prayer one, two, or a couple times in our own life. So we're going to stand with you in faith. So everyone that you're seated. Actually, why don't we all stand up right now? We'll pray this prayer of faith together. Go ahead and keep your eyes closed. Raise your hands to heaven. Like I said, that's just a sign of surrender to Jesus. And we're going to repeat this prayer together. Everyone say, Jesus. Come on, let me hear it out loud. Jesus, you are my Lord. And my hope is in you. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Cleanse me of my sins. 
resurrected on the third day. Thank you for dying for my freedom. Thank you for setting me free. I place my whole life, my whole heart, my whole future, and all my hope in you, in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's give a round of applause to Jesus.